0: A.V. Nation is brought to you by Sure, because every voice matters.
1: How lucky are the Starin? Well, the Star- starin team are phenomenal anyway. They're, you know, my my, lovely, I shouldn't stick up for him. Don't vote for Chris Neto.
2: No, you should not. But um, <laughs> The gentleman that Effat that was mentioning was our buddy Chris Neto. Um, we'll talk about the awards here at the end, but she is against going up against Mr. Neto. <laughs> For the AV Nation, AV Chris. Professional of the Fight Year. Chris. You can you can oh. vote now. You should vote for if at If you don't, <laughs> I'll find you. Well, that is if the board agrees. Gentlemen, all those in favor. Good. It's unanimous. E-Ink and Control Systems, the incredible shrinking AV gear, and the role of distributors for AV users. All that and more next on AV Week. This is AV Week. Episode 649, recorded Friday, January 26th, 2024. Shrinking innovation. This is AV Week, your weekly wrap-up of audio, visual news and information. We've gotten the biggest stories we can find this week. And with us to talk about it, first and foremost, F. act Audrey from Involve in the UK. Welcome, ma'am.
1: Thank you so much for having me. It's lovely to be on.
2: Also, And you should also check out her podcast called What If, and we'll talk about why you should vote for Iffy uh, at the end of this show. Uh, not saying who to vote for, but you should totally d- d- vote for Iffy at. Uh, Willie Franklin is from, used to be from Otterbein. Now he is uh, an AVX expert emeritus. Welcome, sir.
0: Well, thank you, Tim. Always great to be a part of the conversation.
2: Absolutely. Uh, and a young man I got to see in Las Vegas. His name is James King, and he
3: works for UNLV. Welcome, sir. Thank you, Tim. It was great seeing you. Yeah, absolutely.
2: All right, first story this week, Midwich acquires The Farm. Uh, the Farm, really quickly, is the West Coast manufacturer rep here in uh, the States. And that manufacturer rep will merge with Midwich's U.S. division, Starin Marketing, to expand, reach, and support, uh, quote-unquote, to in- also increase opportunity and better service uh, is just the start, says Farm CEO John Hood. Now we can finally invest to deepen our offerings. Dill also allows The Farm to retain its identity – while leveraging Midwich's distribution cloud. Your account managers and programmers will still be here, Hood assures us. Uh, Plus, a global market leader behind us for Steren. It manifests their vision to build specialized service-focused partnerships. Quote, unquote, we continue to drive forward, says Bobby Schwartz, Steren CEO. Uh, Also, Midwich Chief Strategy Officer Thomas Sumner welcomes the farm's, quote, unquote, highly skilled team, he says for Midwich. It builds on our strategy of focusing on specialism, which is the, ro- what is the, role, um, which is the role of distributors and service providers. Uh, Willie, I want to start with you on this. One of the things that I'm, I find interesting here is the fact that it's the farm, right? The farm was, is still a, a manufacturer's rep, but also what made them different and how they differ- differentiated themselves was that those service providers, they provided uh, engineering, they provided on-site support, they provided programming. What is the role of the distributor and the service provider to end users as distributors are getting more and more robust?
0: Wow. I wasn't expecting that very question. So I may pivot a little bit. No, that's fine. Uh, First and foremost, uh, it is a challenge to say mid-which, and I slow down so that I enunciate properly. Uh, But really to answer the question, Tim, if you can't build it, for better, you have to buy it. Um, and that's my way of looking at this story uh, the notion of being able to bring products to market quickly, of increasing one's market share. That relationship uh, between the distributor, manufacturer, and the end client is just of critical importance. And regardless of how broad of a brand, mid is and the amount of representation that it has as i look across their their array of brands that they represent uh, again um competition tends to drive innovation and if you can't build it better then you buy it um it is obvious that the firm is doing something very right very effectively very consistently so by acquiring that piece of infrastructure you basically broaden your brand um uh, that's how I look at it in the in very simple terms.
2: All right, if that um, a little bit of behind you know a little bit of inside baseball, I don't pick the stories until the week of. I already had folks scheduled on. I was very happily, I was very, it was a very nice happenstance that you were on this week. Midwich, one hundred percent a, a UK based brand. I want you to give us a little bit of insight and, and contrast distribu- distribution in the UK and the EU versus the US, where. My understanding here is that 99.9% of dealers in, in, in the EU get their products through distribution, whereas in the US, I'm going to guess off the top of my head, it's 50 50, maybe 60 40. What does this move by BitMidwitch mean in that light where they're now expanding into even more services to provide to not just the dealers, but also potentially to end users?
1: Starting at a very high level, obviously Midwich is a global entity now. Um, You know, they have a significant presence now, growing presence in Australia. Um, It's natural, I think, coming from the UK, it's an absolutely natural fit for them to acquire in the States because the community is so, um, I know we do things really differently, but we do a lot of things alike and we all get on. So, and we like doing business with people. So, it seems really natural for them to have 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 taken that route or that step in terms of the U.S. market because, yeah, Midwich is well known here. I think their only way to expand in the states would be through acquisition and trust and and taking on trusted brands. I mean, the farm. How lucky are the Star? Well, the Star- Starin team are phenomenal anyway. They're you know my my lovely. I shouldn't stick up for him. Don't vote for Chris Netto. No, you should not. But um, my, I, I do consider most of the Starin, um employees family, really. Um, absolutely love Bobby, love Bill, Dan, all of them. Um, Chris less so. And the farm just seems such an, a, a good fit in terms of personalities, because I think one of the hardest things when, you, when you're building a business through acquisition, because in a former life, I, I worked for – uh, a very large British company that did grow through acquisition, you lose culture. And that's really, and
2: mm-hmm.
1: that will will have an impact on sales. And so the way they've gone about it, the control, you know, hats off to the team that, well, to everybody involved in that. I think it's a very clever acquisition for them. Um, the UK is very different, but we also have to remember that the UK is the size of one of your states, so, for Midwich to be success- successful in the UK and to have a decent market share, which they do, they don't need to go out and do those same acquisitions. You know, but obviously in the states it's a different approach; it's a, it's a different, uh, different route. And yeah. if you think of us as the size of one of your states, maybe then it makes a bit more sense that ninety. 90- over 90% of our business and across Europe in fact is done through distribution because there there isn't the need for the steps. You know, it's just easier and it just keeps things nice and clean Um, between, between manufacturer, you know, in terms of getting from manufacturer to, to market.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that. And, and, you know, Yes, the UK is, is you know, it, it's bigger than Rhode Island, but it's not as big as, <laughs> you know, some of the other, other states yeah. here. James, same kind of question here. You, you've got a, a distributor getting more and more into services, uh, whether that is programming, whether that is on-site labor. You know, what does this mean? Is, is the importance of, of, does the importance of distribution and distributors themselves rise in the, in the eyes of the end user?
3: I would say probably what I see the biggest um, benefit of this is, cutting down costs. You're you're actually simplifying this, uh, the process. So you can actually cut down costs. So as an end user like myself, um, I can save money because I don't have to go through five other companies to get the same product as going through a company that can provide everything at once. So that cutting down the cost is uh, very key, especially in higher ed, because Yes, we want to put the greatest technologies in, but we also want to be financial sound for our university we're We're not out there spending money like crazy and so we have to be wise about it. We have to make sure we're making the right choices for the students and the university and if I can save money by going with a company that provides distribution and the programming and the other services. That's better than going to, okay, five other companies that they got their overhead, they got their markups and all that stuff to get the same service. All
2: uh, And just for clarification, the, the gentleman that, that Ifat was mentioning was our buddy, Chris Netto. Um, we'll talk about the awards here at the end, but she is against going up against Mr. Netto for the AV Nation
1: AV Chris. Professional of the Fight Year. For Chris.
2: You can you can no. vote now. You should vote for Ifat. if you don't, I'll find you. Uh,
1: this is Aaron Marmoran of EdTech. The world of higher ed AV is growing rapidly. That's why each month we hear from the best and brightest from colleges and universities all over the U.S. Check out EdTech on avnation.tv or wherever you get your favorite podcasts.
2: Uh, our <laughs> next story, uh, Atlona goes green. Uh, really quickly, at Lona is, of course, a sponsor of AV Nation. Atlona simplifies AV control uh, with their new POE co- uh, keypad, the company's latest is being built as an alternative to touch panels for basic control needs, uh, dubbed the ATVKP eight E, the IP based mm-hmm. controller targets target smaller spaces like standard classrooms where straightforward interface is preferred. The green part uh, of this thing is where this controller has eight configurable buttons with customizable text and icons and e-paper. You have heard me talk about e-paper before, especially in room notification spaces and also in control as it has a 2.7 inch display that users can switch between uh, layouts for distant uh, different control schemes. RGB LEDs indicate system status and a PoE device uh, means that the power and ethernet are handled through a single cable. In fact, I'll start with you on this. How important is low power? How important is power consumption these days when it comes to control when it comes to um, you know whether it's a university or a corporate uh, space how important is power control or power power consumption
1: so interestingly that that was a, a point I wanted to make about one of the other stories that we're going to discuss today because okay. um, in my day job um, my role is as part of pre-sales to tender for work so a bid comes in from usually public sector or corporate client, and we have to demonstrate a lot of things, but in all my years of of that uh, bidding for work, a few years ago, it, you know, the the bid would say, "What's your policy?" Now they're putting a score on how efficient is your kit, what what is it actually doing to the environment, and so I think it's critical. It's actually critical to to be thinking that way. So it's, it's a forward-thinking move by it, Lona. Um, the danger is, is it a gimmick? Will you know, in terms of take-up, in terms of functionality, is it actually just doing the same thing as a touch panel? I don't, you know, I, I've not used it, so I can't really um, say one way or the other. But um, I hope it's not for the sake of it. So, but if it is... Really,
2: really, because really, really, you said something there. How do you figure out, and this—if this, if it's math, tell me it's math, and I'll move on because I don't do math. But how do you how do you figure out how efficient a system is? Is it the power consumption going in, and, and how? What is that?
1: So a lot of the manufacturers will have that data. They'll they'll have white papers. They'll they'll actually provide all of that information. They'll do the calculation, and it is maths. Um, okay. And then the other side of me thinks, well, like you said, I don't do maths. Um, I believe it. Right. If it's if it's if it's labelled as a white paper and they say it's saving you this much and the output is saving this much, you're going to believe it. Unless unless you've got somebody in your organisation who's going to prove it otherwise. So you believe that the the products have been tested and um, and if that is the case, then, yeah, that's good. It's a good move.
2: James is laughing at me. As I said, I don't do math, so I'll pick <laughs> on him next. James, how important is power consumption um, in, in the corporate space, in classrooms, when it comes to putting out and putting up new
3: rooms? I think power consumption is uh, very important. Um, we always are trying to save where, wherever we can, on utilities, on power, water, any kind of um, savings we can do is great. We know, um, like Hepma has the agreement with um, the Save organization, so yep. sustainability is very important in higher ed and in um, uh, Hepma and all those organizations. So this is just another way to get at it. And I, I kind of want to go with something. If I, I kind of I, I have torn on this product because I my old job we did do keypads over touch panels but one thing i disliked about keypads was you can't update them and manage them remotely like if i had to change a button i had to go physically change the label on the button but i don't want to run another network cable to my lectern um and this you have to require poe send another uh cable to it and you have to update so it i'm a little torn on it so i i, I kind of agree with you after that is 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 this really just a gimmick to replace a touch panel but you're doing the same thing anyway like if i gotta run a line why am i not just putting a touch panel in um and touch panels are themselves are you even coming down in power consumption yeah. um but so i'm a little torn because i like the small form factor of it i like the e-paper like you were saying tim um But I think the power consumption is great, but then again is, yeah, if the white paper says it's saving power, are we truly understanding that value? Uh, Because a lot of our higher ed buildings has a green leaf, and you have to show what you're doing to qualify for those certifications. And they're very big certifications for university. They can go out and say, hey, look, this building is bronze certified or gold certified. Um, so having that certification is very key, but you got to show it and prove it, not just put it on a white paper. You actually have to prove that you're meeting those requirements. Yeah,
2: uh, I was a part of a, a way back when, when I, was, when I was a tech manager, I was a part of a, a, a brand new build. We were shooting for platinum lead. We got silver because of what James just said, because, and, and some of the AV gear, and this is this is 15 years ago, right? But some of the AV gear le- le- legitimately added to that that lead certification. Now, talk to me offline about what drove us from platinum to, to, to silver, that's a different story. Willie, uh, ESG is something that we talk about from time to time, environmental uh, sustainability and governance. Uh, I know LeGrand has a big interest in that. I know a number of other manufacturers do as well. How big of a deal is this in higher ed? How big of a deal is this in corporate America? And, and how, how much effort or energy should manufacturers put into that? Personally, I feel it's a big deal in
0: higher ed. Um, in my role at the, uh, my previous institution – I actually served several years in the Sustainability uh, Committee. Uh, Numbers were very important. Numbers were very important from a client relationship standpoint. Numbers were very important from a donor relationship standpoint and certainly from a standpoint of manufacturers. But I also, uh, at a deeper level, at a personal level, wondered how much of it was greenwashing. Because if the numbers look good, everyone feels great about what they're doing. At the end of the day, you know, when I looked at some of the efforts that we were uh, putting forward, uh, such as the decreasing of computer labs on campus and going with thin clients while at the same time building larger server farms, right – um, so now he, you have this, this new closet that goes in that's gobbling up a ton of power that you're working to keep cool uh, and maintain that environment while at the same time you're saying, hey, we curved our costs because we've decreased the amount of uh, computers on campus. We're not as replacing as much hardware. There's not as many people coming into our computer lab, so the heating and cooling cost has gone down. Occupancy sensors are telling us that there are fewer bodies in this space and that space we're saving there. And there are real dollars being saved, but at the same time, they're being leveraged elsewhere. Um, I go back to a class I took uh, many years ago where the professor was known to carry reams and reams and reams of paper into class and distribute handouts. And some student asked, she said, you know, isn't that bad for the environment, all the paper that we get, why can't you digitize it? And he says, well, in my way of thinking, um, downing those trees, processing the paper actually consumes less power than creating an industry that creates semiconductors, that mines for uh, raw uh, and uh, precious minerals underground, that creates plastics to house all of the electronics that are on your desktops now and and your mobile devices and on and on and on. I don't know where it balances out because Mm -hmm. I – haven't analyzed all of that data. Uh, But I do know, in some instances, it's about greenwashing. It makes us feel good. At the end of the day, we truly want to believe that we're doing good. But there are times that um, the reality tells us that change, uh, evolution of global warming can occur at such a glacial pace that maybe our grandkids' grandkids will see the results, and we'll never see those results. I'm not saying we shouldn't make an effort, um, but we have to also be cognizant that there are times where feeling good is more important than seeing factual.
2: Last story comes to us from a friend of Extron. Extron is shrinking their AV over IP. Uh, Also, uh, Extron is a sponsor of AV Nation. Extron is now shipping their new nav encoder, NAV, the NAV E-121 at just half the size, quote unquote, of other devices. The encoder has Extron's Pure 3 codec for 4K60 video and super low latency on one gigabit networks. The diminutive, the small dimensions, uh, support wider deployment options like under furniture or in racks alongside multiple units. Features include HDMI loop out for monitoring, RS232 control, of course, and AES67 audio integration with DSPS. James, first question here. And this is not the first device I've seen that says, Hey, we're smaller, we're, we're cooler, right? We're, we're less whatever. Why are AV
3: devices shrinking? mainly because people don't like seeing the gear. Um, I, I, we're all gearheads here. Who, people? Because there's nothing I like more. There's a
2: rack right over there that I freaking love every time I come in this studio.
1: And, and I've gone for the bigger phone, right? <laughs> See? So who,
3: people? Architects. There we go. Up? Like, But this is the thing is, um, us gearheads, we like gear. I actually had this conversation um, the not too long ago with... Uh, a project on my building was they put in this giant video wall, and Tim, you have to see it, and the back is all wires, all open. And I'm like, hey, this is great. When is the cover on the back going up? And they're like, oh, there is no back for it. I'm like, hey, I love seeing the blinking lights and all the cables and the gear back there. I'm sure my dean does not want to walk in the building and see that. Um, So we were looking at how we can pretty that up because people don't like to see that stuff or gear heads now also another reason why gear is getting smaller is a lot more of it is going behind displays okay i like it but i don't like it uh my first university i worked for we didn't put anything behind displays except for cables and what was nice was if you had to fix or swap out piece of gear you went in the condensa you did it you didn't have to take down the display. Yeah. Here at my new university, we put a lot of gear behind displays. So if you have to work on it, you have to pull the display down to work on it. It makes it a little harder, but then you don't have to have a cadenza and worry about all that space. So I'm a little torn. Like I, I like not having to go behind displays, but if I do, I want to be nice and small. My only thing is they also mention, oh, you can fit this in a rack. It's not rack manable, meaning I gotta put a shelf. Meaning I have to strap it down. Meaning if I have to take it out, or, or you I... buy the kit, the ear kit, right? But it's what a, a half a, a one U. It's a half rack, yeah. Yeah. So now I'm what I'm going to take a uh, twenty four uh, U rack and fill it with tons of half U devices. <laughs> like uh, I don't. To me personally, I don't. That doesn't make sense to me. But I understand many manufacturers are doing that because of the things behind displays, putting it under tables, because architects and interior designers want streamlined. They don't want big devices in plain view of things. And that's why we're seeing this shrinking. All right. Willie, same question.
2: Why why are we having the incredibly shrinking AV gear?
0: And maybe this should be entitled shrinking innovation, uh, but that has a negative connotation to it. Um, I love big, massive rack panels with lots of blinking lights, bells and whistles. But a part of that uh, had in the past meant that you also had to have noisy cooling fans. So I really value the fact that things are smaller, they're lighter. And to me, it's rock-solid evidence of innovation. Uh, More transistors being able to fit on a silicon wafer so we can shrink the size of that motherboard. Uh, Building chips that are far more intelligent, far more capable. Computers designing computers, in other words. Uh, So it's very impressive when I see that level of innovation that you have a small box and it's capable of doing far more than we ever imagined. small form factor device uh, could offer us. So it's, it's a win-win for, for what it's worth. And it does make concealing that hardware very easy. James, I agree with you. Uh, climbing ladders to pull down a panel to get to something behind it can be frustrating. It can be nightmarish. And you definitely will require a trusted partner, right? Because it tends to be a two-person thing. Something this small, you could almost take a good chunk of bubble gum and stick it on the back oh, of that panel. I'm not saying do that. Uh, in fact, hygienically, don't do that. Uh, instead, make certain your devices are secured. Uh, and <laughs> it's Sounds like a fun experience there, Willie. That, right, that, so, thank
2: you for that visual. All right, there we go. There's, there's enough bubble gum underneath James's desk, and it's a brand-new building. Uh, <laughs> all right, if at, you mentioned – you mentioned that that the last story talking about energy led you to this one. So so what are you thinking energy-wise energy, energy wise on this one?
1: So there were a few things about this story. Firstly, I just wanted to clarify the award-winning bit of this, right? So this particular piece of kit belongs to the family of award-winning.
2: Family of award-winning, yes. This is a brand new product. Which means my sorry.
1: children can now call themselves AV Professional of the Year when of I win. Year. Sorry, yeah, Chris Yes, when you win. When I win, my children will now call themselves part of the award winning Chowdhury's of Aviation readers so stop 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 spinning your products when they haven't won an award right This product has not won an award and I will tell you why i'm not a fan um, i I don't even need to mention the brand that that we've switched to um, but you know you can get a comparable Uh, product which is both it's a transceiver it it does the encoding Mm. and the decoding right it comes with the table mount you don't need to buy it separately it comes with it it doesn't need a fan because it's low wattage it's Mm -hmm. not going to overheat so there there is nothing that special about this announcement it actually irritated me a little bit because for all those reasons and many 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 more there is a really better product which is cheaper comes with more things is really efficient you can hide it wherever you like it comes with a mount to hide it under your table if that's where you want it to go um sorry to your sponsor (laughs) 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 but size does matter i think you should call this part size matters it does matter all
2: right right. that'll be a good place to stop thank you all so much (laughs) willie franklin how do people connect with you
0: sir you can reach me at, services at gmail.com
2: and you can also find me on LinkedIn, Mister James King. How many people connect with you, sir?
3: Uh, first, I want them all to go and vote for Ifat for Professional of the Year. Here, here! Don't vote for Chris; vote for Ifat because he deserves it, hundred percent.
2: You got two days after this post—two days to vote.
3: If you want to find me, you can reach me at with I'm Bob Wehema. You can find me with CB Green Black weekly doing Ask the Programmer uh, podcast. Uh, I write for the Higher Digital Magazine. Again, if you Google me, you'll find me.
2: Ifat, how do people connect with you generically, but also most importantly this week at, uh, at ISE?
1: Yes, uh, I'm on LinkedIn, Ifat Chowdhury. I'm on X as uh, at IFSI. Uh, podcast is What If, and that's on X at What If AV. Um, and the YouTube links are all on, on all of my socials. But next week, you will find me in the Fira. Um, on Tuesday, I will be battling it out with the wonderful Christopher Neto for his first live Avian AM um, that we will be recording. So that will be over at the Midwich Stand uh, in Hall 3 from 2pm local time on Tuesday. Um, but I'll be based in Hall 4 uh, at the Influencer Hub. And also at Avixa Live Exchange uh, on my LinkedIn, I've posted my sessions, but you've, you'll find me. Kind of mm-hmm. hard to miss. Yeah. Even in even in sixty thousand or however many attendees, we're
2: we'll see, we will to, see. I I, I had a conversation with Mr. Mike Blackman, the the executive director of ISC, a number of months ago, and um, he sits down. And he goes, "This is this is the biggest ISC ever." I'm like, "You don't know that yet, Mike. I, you don't." And then he qualified it, well, it's the most vendors we've ever had, which, great, all right? That is certainly one mark of of biggest ever. It's also the most square meters they've ever had. So certainly, they're going into uh, this week, by the time you're listening to this, they're going into this week, certainly with a head of steam. Uh, We will see how many people uh, show up. I believe, if I'm not not mistaken, 80,000 is the record to date. And that was 2019, Uh, because 2020, in addition to being right before covid was the winter of that nasty storm that hit the UK and caused not quite half of the folks not to be able to show up. So uh, 80,000 is the mark that Mr. Blackman's looking for. <laughs> we'll, we'll see you this time next week whether or not he hit it. Um, for me, for Tim Albright, don't follow me on any of the socials. Um, but go by the website, if you would, please, avianation.tv. That's avianation.tv. You'll find this program and a host of others. We mentioned a couple of them. Number one um james has been on um not only as the programmer but steve greenblatt's uh state of control you can check that out uh aaron Mary moran who is going with the folks at hetma to isc you can check out her uh podcast uh edtech and our fantastic women in av uh podcast with erica and jennifer uh we meant we've talked about this a couple times the last two days of voting for the av nation 2023 breeder's choice award is the 30th and 31st of january so if you're listening to this on Wednesday, you're too late. Sorry. So go to the website, go vote, vote for Iffy, and then vote for anybody else you want to. I love you, Chris Netto. I really do. Just, yes, just not this year. Um, also, we're, we are also heading to ISC. By the time you listen to this, my happy butt will be in, in Barcelona. Actually, hopefully having coffee with Iffat. With um, but uh, if you uh, follow along, uh, we'll have videos from the show floor. On Tuesday from 4 to 6 uh, local time, we will be at the HD HDBase Tea booth with our friends at Commercial Integrator and the 40 Under 40 uh, alumni. So check that out as well. Uh, but go see everything that we do. We do. Uh, we'll be doing AV week from uh, the show floor of, of ISE next week. So check that out as well. Um, one last thing. And this is just because I'm a football. I'm an American football fan. Everyone knows an American football fan. By the time you listen to this, we're recording this on Friday, so I'm not going to let Mitchell edit me and make me write. Lions over Lions and Chiefs is what, who's going to the Super Bowl. That's all I'm going to say about that.
3: Oh, you don't believe the whole uh, hoax, of the script?
2: I don't believe the, 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 the conspiracy theory, no. I, I don't think that the 49ers can do it. I don't think that they've proven it. Um, but I also think that the AFC is going to win, regardless of who comes out of it. So that's my prediction. I'm recording this on the 26th of January. Mitchell can neither make me look like a, well, he usually, you know, anyhow. So that there's my prediction. Have fun, y'all. Those of you who are going to ISC, we'll see you in Barcelona. Let's go grab a coffee or something together. So thanks so much for listening. Thanks so much for watching. That is all the time we have for AV Week. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening
3: to?
1: This. This is A-B. This. This. This is Is A-B Nation. Nation. This is A-B Nation.